to Restart Radio, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a different show because unlike most, we do not focus on the new shiny shiny things to buy. We focus on the value in the stuff we already have. The Restart project aims for a shift of behavior towards a more sustainable and happier relationship with electronics. Our monthly community electronic repair events here in London are just the beginning. My name is Ugo Vallauri from the Restart Project, and I'll be your host. I'm joined by longtime Restart volunteer and IT team leader Dave Lukes. Hi. And by Restart's new community lead, John Strickling Coutinho. Hello. Welcome to the show. So, while we always say that we don't focus on the new shiny, <laughs> shiny, actually, we are increasingly concerned with the amount of new, new shiny, shiny toys that especially big boys of which i have three <laughs> in the studio or more today um seem to enjoy and invest money and time in all of the time and there's lots of evidence for this today we were walking to the show and uh, just outside in the same street we john and i saw someone using one of these toys, a VR set, in a very unusual new way. What was happening, John? Um, you're all familiar with how charities might raise money uh, as you pass by on the street. Uh, what it appeared that they were doing was using this VR headset to demonstrate the effectiveness of their work overseas in order to uh, get monetary donations. So imagine you're walking down the street and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I'd like to show you the situation somewhere else. Put on this headset. And uh, apparently you give them money for that. So <laughs> we didn't have time to test whether this was indeed the case, but it appeared uh, the case. And I was quite shocked that that VR set was actually laying on the pavement and <laughs> someone could have easily knocked it down, creating a bit amount of e-waste just there. <laughs> but we've spoken recently, quite recently, about uh, VR sets, and it's not our intention to bore you with that topic today. But there's another series of uh, big toys, or so to say, for boys that um, has catched our concern. And it's all that loosely defined uh, mobility-related set of tools and devices. Uh, Dave, y you've seen them, <clears throat> quite a lot of them. W what are we referring to? Well, they seem to have settled on the generic name of hoverboard, mm -hmm. even though most of them, there are also some other lovely names. I saw the wonderfully named two-wheeled unicycle, which is, I think, what they call an oxymoron, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, two-wheeled <laughs> unicycle. But these things are basically powered. I don't know how to describe them. They are scooters without the handlebars, basically, but they're powered. And... Of course, the technology for these things is quite sophisticated because they have to balance themselves. They have a high-power battery in them that drives the motors. The technology is quite sophisticated. And um, to, one of the things we noticed, ironically, is that um, they have lithium-ion batteries in them, notorious exploding lithium-ion batteries, made, in fact, in one case by Samsung, proudly announced by the manufacturer. Yes, and I think we need <coughs> to... Uh, rewind a little bit uh, to go back to when people started noticing about hoverboards to begin with. This was um, in two occasions at uh, in the holiday season of 2015. Um, that's when there was a big craze of everyone wanting uh, to think they were part of Back to the Future <laughs> and get on a hoverboard, nicely timed. 
and at CES, at the Computer Ex uh, Electronics Show in Las Vegas, that everyone was talking about them being the thing. And fast forward in just six months later, um, massive recalls were happening exactly because of batteries, right? Yep, exactly. Um, in that case, it was basically... The usual problem is, of course, there's a dive, there's this race to the bottom in terms of price. Nobody really cares because as long as, if if you're a child and you're desperate to have exactly what your friends have got, your parents aren't going to splash out five hundred pounds on that. They're going to splash out two hundred pounds on it instead, and they're going to get a poorly manufactured hoverboard with probably fairly inefficiently designed engines which overheat, and of course a poorly designed probably not well ventilated lithium-ion battery and we all know what happens to lithium-ion batteries when they overheat don't we exactly and it's quite funny that at the time of that scandal where when half a million in the u.s alone were recalled uh, the advice that people were getting was make sure you get one if you're buying one uh, with a battery from a reputable <laughs> manufacturer, which many people were pointing to as Samsung. Mm -hmm. And even today, if you go on sites like Amazon and you look for the ones that are still on sale, uh, they proudly state that the battery is indeed by uh, Samsung, which raised some other concerns in light mm -hmm. of the Note 7 uh, drama. But a bit broader concern for us is that technology does exist clearly to to bring to market products that are much cheaper uh, probably than they should um, mm -hmm. allowing for impulse buying for some people at least of products like this which might be good for a test drive potentially for uh, I'll hire it for a week type deal <laughs> but they're not necessarily gonna get very much use over the course of their lifetime well, absolutely. I mean, if you look at where you can actually use a hoverboard uh, legally, let's say, in public, because in theory you can use it anywhere, um, you can't use them on pavements. Uh, that violates the Highways Act because it is, in fact, a motorized vehicle on the pavements, which is definitely, definitely illegal. Um, you can't actually use them on the roads either. Um, there's a very, very, very lengthy page if you ever want to look into it on the internet. Uh, but just to summarize, um, since you need, since it's a motor vehicle, it would need a tax disc. It would need um, a driving license. You would need to have a driving license. Uh, it would need to be regulated by the DVLA. It would need to have a minimum uh, style of safety standards, which are rec recognized by the European Commission, which they do not in the case of hoverboards. Um, and, you know, even if you pass all of those, which you can't at this point, so you should give up now, you're still probably going to get hit by something <laughs> when you're out on that road because you are, in fact, moving very slowly under on an uneven surface. Um, so basically, if you are looking to hoverboard completely legally, you can only do so on private property with the landowner's permission. Wow. <laughs> so you're trying to tell me that, not that I have one, by the way. Yes, uh, I'm sorry to ruin your upcoming weekend plans, uh, Ugo. <laughs> but uh, I'm not supposed to, I would not be supposed to use it pretty much anywhere that I normally see people, I mean, not normally, but that I've seen people using them. And I guess there's this issue of how normal this is. The, the f media frenzy around uh, the recalls uh, and uh, how nice the stories about that uh, have been seem to indicate that this these have been highly um, adopted products everywhere mm -hmm. and I actually have not seen that many although I have seen a few people casually 
unicycling, so to say, in <laughs> Covent Garden in, in the past. So is this happening for real or it's, again, a situation where the early adopters and the fanboys have made other people feel like they should get on board on hoverboard perhaps and uh and <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> and 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 be part of uh this status thing well I, I certainly think there's the perception that this is in fact everywhere um because when these things came out they sort of it sort of exploded in popularity and it seemed like everybody had one so the cool kid at your school had one justin bieber was on tv he had one he got off a plane in one i saw the video it wasn't very exciting um so there was this impression that everybody and everybody they're related to is getting a hoverboard and you should get a hoverboard too and of course this is late 2015 so it's right ahead of christmas um you know there's a, a tremendous retail opportunity with this new disruptive device that's coming out and people can actually you know you can really impress your kid with this device for christmas that year um and then you know it's also a case of this is so new people don't know how to react to it so like i mean the highways act that i mentioned earlier was uh, 1885 um, which I am 90% sure, only 90%, that they did not, in fact, have hoverboards at that time. <laughs> uh, we referred to Back to the Future, which I think was 1885 that they came back to, so there's a little bit of a discrepancy there. Um, but the law hasn't really, you know, we're applying an old law to a new disruptive technology, so there's always going to be a bit of tension there in terms of how people react to it. And certainly I know a lot of people have, have you know, turned a blind eye, a lot of law enforcement, you know, because how do you enforce somebody zipping by you at... How fast do these things actually go? Like two miles an hour on a hoverboard? I think I've seen 12 miles an hour as the maximum on one of them. Wow. So that's quite a lot. That's, that's a significant walking. amount of speed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and actually the, the safety argument um, plays in a number of directions. Uh, obviously, we've, we've all been, you know, we've all fallen from bikes in the past, but this mm -hmm. takes it to the next level. And I'd like to remember that the sad truth about the actual inventor of the Segway, which is the previous generation, I guess, where handlebars were still a thing, mm -hmm. and uh, who actually died tragically on the very device he invented uh, back in 2010. Yeah, it's terribly sad, isn't it? And I think that's one of the problems with these devices. They are a different mode of transport. A bike, you sit on it. You know, your muscles are engaged in a certain way, whereas on a hoverboard, you're kind of standing but in a peculiarly tense way and we were discussing this earlier mm. and i think you said john that basically there are a lot of head injuries is that right very much so because i mean when you're standing on i mean a hoverboard itself is not very wide so mm. you have to sort of really stiffen your core and balance your core on this device in order to control the movement so when you fall um it's a case that you're falling almost like you know a pen like a pendulum and your head is going to make contact with something because your body's not reacting in the same natural way as you would fall off on a bike or something like that yeah that must be kind of scary yeah <laughs> to think that you're on this thing and in unlike a bike where it's a kind of gradual process when you fall off a bike mm. i speak from many experiences and Presumably on this thing, suddenly it just disappears away from you and wham, you're on the ground, right? Absolutely. I mean, um, you need to look no farther than YouTube if you look for <laughs> hoverboard fails. Um, you generally have, I mean, if you had to categorize these, and I hope you don't because uh, what, what a life you'd be leading if you did. Um, 
you generally get the kind of people who um, they're trying it out for the first time. So oftentimes these videos are on Christmas Day. There's a there's usually a Christmas tree in the picture somewhere, <laughs> if not suddenly in the picture. You've clearly the, watched lots of this. I, I did my research for this show. I, I must say, um, many late nights. Anyway, um, so they're trying it out. They're figuring out their balance, and then you see this sort of. You know, as you're almost like training wheels on like a skateboard or something like that, you get this sort of wiggling back and forth where you move forward, move back, move forward, move back as they're getting a, to term with this technology. And then usually what happens is they go too far forward, they go too far back, and the inertia mm -hmm. of their body does not account for this small electronic device just like hurling itself into the distance. And it goes that one way, they go the other, and then, you know, back of the head, front of the head. So, um, so there's that level of safety, and then, of course, there's the level of safety of something that might very well explode in your <laughs> own backyard, or even worse, inside the house. And funny enough, just as we were preparing for the show, we came across this news from the Brighton area, where a family uh, eventually gave in and bought their kid uh, a hoverboard, and I believe the mother is a fire... Um, a safety engineer as well so oh. actually they were really concerned and originally they didn't buy it because of fears of um, uh, explosions and they did a lot of research and they bought one of the safest and guess what uh, it did eventually start um, going wrong and producing smoke just last week I believe and they've now published a video with advice on what to do and what not to do and even though they followed all of the positive advice uh, to avoid anything going wrong, this thing started smoking and they ended up calling 999, which prompts the question, what if they had been outside the house? Uh, probably the house would no longer be there at this point. Mm. And this is important because it is a reminder that these products, as Dave, you were saying earlier, they do have a pretty big lithium uh, battery inside and uh, the the problems associated with that are not to be uh, downplayed no a lithium-ion battery when it goes wrong again if you if you want to there are plenty of interesting videos of other devices with lithium-ion batteries in them exploding phones a couple of laptops we've seen and at restart parties we've seen swollen laptops before um, very unnerving and I think, to be honest, this is an area where technology is being pushed to its limit. And that's what you get. You're on the bleeding edge, as they say. And you're talking about having, I mean, lithium itself, from those of us, for those of us who don't remember our school chemistry, is a highly inflammable metal. Right. So anything goes wrong with a lithium battery, it's going to do a ter terrible things. Once lithium hits the atmosphere, it burns. It spontaneously combusts. So there's that aspect. Also, in the case of a hoverboard, You've got a whole bunch of high power, not just electronics, but electrics. You've got big electric motors right next to the battery. If you're pushing this thing quite hard, the motors are going to get warm. The wheels are going to get warm from the friction alone. So all that is not the optimal environment for keeping things nice and cool. And also, of course, you're bumping it around, especially if you've got a young child with their nice new toy. They're going to smack it around, pick it up, drop it, etc., etc. Ideal environment for a lithium battery to go bang, I'm afraid. You're listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 <laughs> FM. 
Sorry about that. Uh, so we've been talking about the issues related to lithium batteries and uh, hoverboards, but there's something probably even more worrying to us, uh, which is actually the role that technology is having in enabling a new generation of younger forever, particularly <laughs> men, I would say, that feel in a sense entitled to buying and trying and owning um, a lot of technology just because it's out there. And uh, that has huge uh, environmental costs. And I would say also it's questionable at many other levels, um, including what happens after this impulse buy as product is been tested and maybe played with a couple of times and then it's maybe put aside. Are we becoming... Um, are we desiring to become younger and younger just by sporting the latest gadgets all the time, particularly as guys, or is this being going on anyway and technology is just playing a little role in it? I think the latter. I think we are becoming... I mean, I mentioned this while we were talking about the show earlier. Um, how many people have you seen who got backpacks which look like cuddly toys now and things like that on the tube? Count them sometimes. There's quite a few of them. So we are willingly becoming more infantilized as adults i think or we that we seem to be wanting to revert to our childhood in some way and i think technology plays a part in that but it's not the whole thing maybe there's some way in which this relentless drive forward for more technology more advancement and so on maybe that's causing people to want to revert to the womb or something but the way i see it is just there's a lot of pressure on life and it's easier to become more childish and childlike in that way. Technology is just an add-on to that. Yeah. But, but I personally think that there is a little bit of exaggeration in the amount of options that become available as technology allows new devices to be um, created. And as I was researching for the show, I came across one of these overboards that also had Bluetooth-powered <laughs> speakers and I'm not entirely sure whether the speakers are on the hoverboard or wherever else and it just starts um, seriously wondering why where are we heading and uh, are we just doing this because it's possible at all totally of course we are people you know in this uh, let's not get too political but all these companies want growth and how do you grow by selling more stuff and you can't sell the same stuff over and over again. So the stuff that you sell has to be different in some way. I remember, I'm old enough to remember when calculators first came out. And first you had calculators. Then you had calculators with alarm clocks on them. Then you had calculators with alarm clocks and cigarette lighters in them. I remember one distinctly. And so on and so forth. So you have to have some new gimmick to sell the old stuff. So Bluetooth speakers on a hoverboard makes some kind of commercial sense. Whether it makes sense to any rational human being is another matter. But in some commercial way, of course, it's obvious. You know, the next will be presumably, I don't think of something. I was trying to think maybe you could put a coffee maker on a hoverboard, but that's totally impractical. Well, wait and see what happens. <laughs> I'm, but I'm sure that can be arranged. That <laughs> okay, we were saying that, you know, there's a desire to be Peter Pan's forever, and I've seen plenty more dads and other adults using little scooters and mm -hmm. but they tend to really substitute 
um, the need for another means of transportation so people can carry them in the tube and really sure. speed up uh, their journey to work or wherever else they're heading. With these other mobility gadgets, I think it's a harder sell to, to actually make the case for them being reducing, say, the use of private means of transport or cars or even having any potential positive environmental benefit. Yeah, I I think you're right. They are mostly a toy. You do see people, people commuting on them occasionally, but... Illegally. Illegally, of course, <laughs> yes. But, I th yeah, I think you're right. They are basically a toy. They don't really have that much of a practical application because you can't go that much further on a hoverboard than you could walk. And certainly, I've done 50, 100-mile bike rides. I wouldn't like to do 50, 100 miles on a hoverboard. That sounds like torture. So... They let's be honest, hoverboards don't have any practical application in that sense. But I would just like to, with my technological hat on, point out some of the technology they use, like stabilization and so on and so forth, does have applications. So again, it may be a case that in some ways they are bringing that technology to the forefront. And in the same way that VR is mostly used for shooting up video games in practice, it does have amazing applications in architecture, archaeology, all sorts of other wonderful places. And in the same way, all the infrared LEDs, gyro stabilizers, and other fancy technology they use in a hoverboard can make amazing mobility aids for disabled people. Well, you came across a yeah. very interesting example. Would you like to tell us a bit more? Yeah, there's a company in Turkey. I don't remember. We'll, we'll put it on the website. But they've actually built a mobility aid which allows someone who's paraplegic to stand up and move around. Basically, it's... If I can give a invent a name for it, it's a standing up wheelchair. In other words, you can and you can step get into this thing from a wheelchair unaided, which is really clever. So basically, you you bring this thing towards your wheelchair. It then helps you to stand up without the use of your legs, and then this thing moves around in the same way that a hoverboard moves around. And that has fantastic applications because one of the problems with wheelchairs is they encourage sores, blood clots, all sorts of bad things. People who are quadriplegic are encouraged to stand for some amount of time of the day. So it just shows you that from that same technology that gives you the kid's toy, the hoverboard, you can get amazing things. Sure. That, that's for sure. And however, we, because we need the technology to achieve these goals, we also end up flooded by a lot of other things that have a more questionable... Um, reason of being uh, there and I think we need to to really question a little bit more uh, what uh, what conditions uh, are we going to allow more and more cheap products uh, becoming available all of the time without uh, questioning the regulations that make a product safe and safe to be sold uh, in in a place like the United Kingdom or Europe or elsewhere I mean at what cost do we need to just go through series of recalls like the ones mm. we've seen for overboards and uh, for the Samsung Note to, to be wake-up calls? Are these going to be wake-up calls for people? I, I seem to, to see m still a lot of hoverboards sold on websites and the unicycles, etc. And it's quite funny when you start looking at the environmental implications of all of this mm -hmm. and... Uh, we were joking before that actually unicycles, if you search for what 
are, are unicycles actually green? And what did you find, John? We found an actual unicycle, pedal powered. Colored green. Colored green. <laughs> and, and so that actually begs the question, by creating these shortcuts, uh, which are, you know, technology enhancements that allow someone to kind of cheat in a sense and learn this skill, which previously was something that people had to um, experience and become good at. Are, are we just creating an, a new form of play uh, that kind of cuts corners? And, and you know, you, you found out yourself, uh, you mentioned it earlier that actually those unicycles actually have two wheels and not one. So <laughs> it's not really what it claims to be anyway. Yeah, that's right. It's, and as you, it's, it's not even a real form of play in the sense that we used to understand play. It's not physically engaging. You just stand on this thing almost passively and it takes you somewhere. So it's the equivalent of a chauffeur-driven car in some ways, except that the, the chauffeur is this set of electronics which senses how you lean. And that's all there is to it. So where's the skill? Yeah. And there's no physical exertion involved. And I, I personally use a cargo bike that has electric-assisted pedaling, which is incredibly useful and means that my family doesn't really need a car to go around and buy groceries and move our son around uh, the city. And I experience often how fiddly some of the technology behind these products still is. And, you know, I have the luxury of having a removable battery Mm -hmm. But in more than one occasion, that also has meant that uh, it needed resoldering. And thankfully, because biking uh, inspires, uh, bicycles inspire an ethos of repair and take apart and fix things, there are great people out there that will provide good maintenance and support. But for all of these other products or toys, uh, whether we want to call them that way, mm. There isn't an ecosystem of commercial repairs or maintainers uh, that will keep them going for a long time. Yeah, interesting thought. Have you ever seen a hoverboard at a restart party? We haven't. Yeah. Which, so what happens to them? My guess is they fail, they get thrown away. And at that point, you've got a massive waste problem with all that complicated electronics, which, as we know, electronics are hard enough to recycle anyway, and a very large lithium-ion battery, which is, or lithium polymer, which is hard to recycle. Well, so and while we don't have data on this, it's probably true that when that product failed, it didn't leave such a big void in a family's experience yeah. because Absolutely. it was just a temporary test, most likely. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can't use these on the roads, if you can't use these on the pavements, if you can only use it in your back garden and you can only use it for entertainment, you know, when this thing goes, you're probably going to be done with it. Um, I mean, it yeah. is a... And very simply, an entertainment device. And if you're not getting more than some mild entertainment from it, you know, I mean, does anyone really want to repair these things? Yeah, exactly. Plus, they're not very repairable to begin with because Absolutely. of how compacted all the technology had to be uh, for them. But anyway, Dave, you're an expert on cycling. <laughs> what do you think of electrically assisted bikes? And uh, I think, again, there are issues. Some of them I've actually seen have the, have the battery molded into the frame, mm. at which point when the battery fails, you have to basically recycle the bicycle. That's bad. Looks very elegant, by the way. But let's be honest, in some times, sometimes practicality, recyclability, reusability don't go along with elegance. 
And we have to, I think, move towards both a compromise on our aesthetic standards and moving towards more aesthetic recyclable stuff. Okay. But yeah, in, in principle, I love electric bikes because they get people moving more in a more environmentally friendly way. Yeah. So I don't think we should confuse the two topics Definitely in a not. sense. That's a use of technology that empowers people to be bit more green compared to having a car of course yeah. if you're talking about using a bike or using an electric bike obviously there are implications in big lithium battery and uh, how you recharge the battery whether the electricity comes yeah. from clean sources or not let's not forget about that but that's a different concern well for these toys uh, we would question whether they should be bought in the first place and if there's any business out there that actually wants to give an experience of how hoverboards could be used as opposed to having to buy one well maybe you should look into that <laughs> so thanks for being with us for this show uh, we are the restart project and you can find out more about our, our upcoming activities on the restartproject.org or on social media at restart project we have one event coming up tomorrow in Houston between 6 and 9 p.m. And uh, more coming up in Hackney, Dave. Yeah, there's one on the 18th, the Shoreditch Library. Please come along. They're usually very busy. Uh, we're also doing clothing repair there with fabrications, which should be a lot of fun. Brilliant. Thanks for there. listening. And until next week. Bye.